his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Breaking news as Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida is updating us on what's happening with an historic, close to a Category 5 hurricane striking Florida, the worst of it to hit this afternoon. Let's listen in. In southwest Florida, uh, this is a lesson from Irma. Uh, They have people uh, that they're calling leave behind teams so that when the storm passes, their job is to clear the runways and make sure that we can resume air operations as quickly as possible. There's going to be a need to bring in things like food and water uh, via fixed wing aircraft. And so you want to have those runways uh, up and running as soon as possible. Obviously, some of them could be underwater. I mean, it's, you know, you're gonna, there's going to be things that go into that, but having those folks on the ground there to do it, is, I think, is going to make a big, big difference. Uh, we have uh, 5,000 guardsmen. We have 2,000 from other states. We've got nine Chinooks, uh, rotary wing aircraft that are ready to respond. Of course, Jimmy Petronas has been talking about uh, our urban search and rescue teams. Uh, you know, there are five of them are, are ready to go. Uh, and they will they will be in that uh, to to commence rescue operations as soon as it's safe uh, to do so. Uh, our Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission has placed their special operations group uh, in Broward County. That's high water vehicles, shallow draft boats, and helicopters uh, that are ready for immediate deployment uh, once it is safe to do so. Uh, I want to thank. Uh, we now have total uh, throughout the state. Uh, We've got uh, over 40,000 personnel, linemen, and associated personnel uh, that are involved with restoration of electrical services and power services that are stationed in the state of Florida. Uh, And these are folks that are staged across the state of Florida. If you look in southwest Florida, you know, you're going to have movement less likely from southeast for additional surge of resources. Of course, this staging area is going to send people uh, all across the state. Uh, I know FPL is mindful of, yes, we're going to have a catastrophic impact in southwest Florida, uh, but this thing is going to, you know, really barrel across the state. It's going to be a strong storm. I mean, it's going to weaken once it gets on on shore, but you're going to end up, you know, you could end up in central Florida to have winds. Uh, certainly gusts that would be hurricane force. It's going to at least be a tropical storm as it barrels across. That's going to cause problems with the vegetation. It's going to cause problems with trees. The ground's already wet based on the amount of precipitation we have. That's ripe conditions for trees to fall over. That means more power lines are down. Uh, so, so that's going to have a cascading effect. So 
the most significant impacts will obviously be the landfall, but you're going to have other impacts. And so that's why you have these folks staged. That's why you have so many people, because there's going to be a lot of different places around the state of Florida where they're going to have to respond to. Uh, we now have 26 states that have sent us support uh, right now, including Tennessee, Virginia, Montana, Louisiana, New York, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Georgia. I want to thank them for, for their support. It's much appreciated. We've also, I've been in contact personally, but then also the Florida Department of Emergency Management. We're in contact with the local folks, particularly in southwest Florida, um, about needs, and, and their needs have, have, have been met. Obviously, once the storm hits, there's going to be additional needs, um, and we stand by ready uh, to offer the support uh, in that regard. It's very, very... We're going to leave this just for a moment. FEMA is now briefing in Washington, D.C. Let's get there. Okay, so that's the latest from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I want to bring in Bill Carey who is in Tampa, Florida, lives in Tampa, Florida. And Bill, thanks for joining us live. Tell us what you're seeing and what's happening, what you're feeling on the ground. Well, thank you for having me. Well, what a difference 24 hours makes. Yesterday at this time, we were told that Tampa would be bracing for a sea surge. And where I live is just two miles north of upper Tampa Bay. And so our area was uh, called a B evacuation zone. And we were told to get out. I chose not to uh, because I'm in a town home and relatively safe compared to other people that are exposed. Just to give people an idea, if you're familiar with Tampa, uh, I'm pretty close to the airport equidistant to where the Phillies have spring training in Clearwater at what's now called Tam- uh, Baycare Park. I think it used to be a number of different names. But in any case, this whole area, which many people listening may be more familiar with, was under siege for the past week. And it appears now that the eye of the storm will hit somewhere between 80 to 120 miles south of us. And Don, I know that you spent some time in Fort Myers and it looks like it'll be in that community or just north. And if people are familiar with it, then a lot of concern has been uh, focused now on Cape Coral where um, it's a canal community. It's built uh, so that people can have boats in their backyard. Some of it's landfill, some of it carved out. Uh, the sea surge there could be as high as 15 feet, which basically would mean that the Gulf of Mexico would become Cape Coral. It's a very sad uh, thought to have, and it's a very strange situation. If you're living in the Tampa Bay area, of course you're grateful that it looks like we'll miss the brunt of this, but there's always some other place where landfall will hit where people are going to pay a price. And to watch this unfold in slow motion at 13 miles an hour as the storm tracks to land, we're going to see where it hits sometime around 5 o'clock today. It will hit as a Category 4, and it will start to dissipate, but the force of a 4 will bring 155-mile-hour winds to some parts of the shoreline, not everywhere. Uh, And as it travels inland, and I'll tick off communities that I'm sure people know, uh, south of Sarasota by the airport, Lakewood uh, Village and Ranch, and up toward Orlando, it will become at some point a Category 1, and it will hit Orlando either as a 1 or a strong tropical storm and then keep tracing north and east up to Daytona. And, Bill, that's what I'm looking at now, that Cape Coral, large part of Cape Coral and Fort Myers, they're along the uh, the river, are likely, they're saying now, to go underwater. 
And it all depends on, you know, high tide. We won't know till this afternoon. But even Naples, that area, will see slightly less, 7 to 11 feet of water rising. That's still being forecast near the coast this afternoon. You, you talked and about... And what that means... Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead, go ahead Bill. Yeah. What, what that means for people who live in some of these communities, it's carved out land that either existed or had landfill so that homes, very modest homes could be built. And many people migrated from the Midwest and the North down here as retirement or as just a new way of living and put a boat in their back. These are not strong homes. They tend to be older, built in the 70s and 80s for much of the communities that are there. They're not up to the standards that say the last 20 to 25 years of new code reinforcement after uh, Hurricane Andrew in Miami, which was a marker for everybody in the 90s, um, it, it, they're not up to those standards. So they're vulnerable to a rise in water anyway. But we're talking about something that's never been seen before. We're talking about a wall of water coming in, which basically is the Gulf of Mexico, and wiping some of these communities, some of these neighborhoods out completely. It will certainly redefine the map. If you look at the coast, the Gulf Coast of Florida, there are barrier islands along uh, Naples and Fort Myers, and some people have vacation there. They know the Sanibel Island, for example. There are some barrier islands that are out far, farther from Sanibel and other communities. Uh, they're talking about just redefining the map, that the Gulf will just uh, embrace these uh, islands and the map will be forever changed. Yeah, that's, and you brought up a good point, you know, that there are so many people, I think of, you know, I immediately I'm texting friends and family in the Fort Myers, Naples area, and we're all doing that here in the Philadelphia, South Jersey region along the East Coast, because so many people have properties or family and friends, and one of my girlfriends, Colleen, they're not leaving because her mom won't leave. So now, right now, in real time, literally, they're carrying her mom getting her mom, her husband, Colleen's husband, and husband and son, carrying Dolores to her home. They're on a canal up on a little higher ground, but they're in Naples, Florida, and see this is changing now. So, you know, all of us are just so worried, and they're worried, but part of the reason they didn't evacuate was that elderly mom who said, nope, I'm staying here, I'm not going. And that's the case a lot of times for people who say, I survived decades of storms, I'm in my 80s, I'm not leaving. Well, uh, to that point, we've been hearing about this now for a week. The forecasting has been um, on point, and that includes telling everybody the vagarities of a big storm system like this. When you track it hour by hour, it's not a straight line like you see those spaghetti strand models that are the predictors of where it will go. It actually darts a little to the left, a little to the right, a little to the north, a little to the left again. And I would say now that we're four hours or less away from it hitting, now you have a degree of certainty. Just to give you an idea, this is the second largest uh, hurricane in terms of the eye and the first wall. And that's where all the power and the strength and the wind and, and the rain is. And this is the second largest. So this is cutting across something like a 70-mile diameter. And we now know much better what that give or take 100 miles of full force is going to be. So yesterday, 24 hours ago, she was right. She, was, she could stay home and not really be concerned except for getting some wind and 
more rain than she's used to because yeah. it looked like it was coming to Tampa. Yes. But now it's different. Now, for anybody listening that has loved ones, now there's a greater degree of certainty exactly where it's going to land. If you're in uh, an A zone or even a B zone, if you're near the water, you really have to consider that this is not like anything that anybody has ever seen. Florida has not been hit with 155 mile an hour wind. Granted, that's only going to be a small sliver of a community that gets that full brunt as it comes on land. But sustained winds over 100 miles an hour will be the norm for the communities where it enters uh, Florida's first land uh, landfall and then cuts across. It will dissipate, but that will be later into the evening as it starts to travel up north mm-hmm. and in the middle of Florida. If you're along the coastline and you have a stubborn relative <laughs> and you know now that they're in the line of fire, impress upon them that they only have about three, four hours at most, and it's already windy there. Naples yeah. is getting regular sustained winds of 40 to 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, Bill Carey talking about the breaking news situation as Hurricane Ian at a you know Category 4, nearly a Category 5, they're saying, striking the Gulf Coast of Florida. You know, Bill, I've known you for many years when I was a cub reporter hired at CBS in Chicago. And for anybody who doesn't know the name, you're, you're what we call a biggity big in the industry. Um, you know, news directors across the nation, CBS in Chicago, New York. Tampa, I mean, really, you have a wealth of experience in media coverage. I loved working for you. I say, you know, you're somebody who certainly formed my career as a journalist. And it it strikes me that we don't see much in the national so-called mainstream media that right now, and we have, you know, prayer groups. We we have people praying for people's safety and the faith-based nature that's been really extracted from our media and something that used to be a regularity in the media no longer even gets a mention. It's something that you certainly have seen happen during your career, Bill. Well, it, well, it is. And it's, it's funny that you're, you're talking about that because um, I have seen an absence on local media in Tampa today of any um, talk of people running to churches or uh, even hearing from people in the community that would in- normally include clergy. So the trend has been away. I mean, look, uh, the, the media in general, uh, I think, um, uh, perhaps naively, but uh, maybe well-intentioned, would try to show that they were open to all faiths. And that became showing that they didn't talk to any faiths so that they weren't accused of being uh, favorable to one or the other. I I think it's just a big miss. I think many in the media uh, just miss how important spirituality and faith is to the viewers that they're serving. Um, I think many people in the media, if I'm going to paint a broad brush, uh, are agnostic uh, professionally and prefer not to deal with it. Uh, and yet, um, it's a big part of many people's lives and needs to be part of the mosaic of reporting uh, because this is what people do. I know the people down here in Florida, and this happens for any uh, cataclysmic event, will turn inward and pray or talk to loved ones and people will bestow blessings. Um, 
I can't say that I've seen any coverage like that here. And so your your thought about it being less over the years, I would agree with. Uh, there is a sliver of hope because I think one of the things that talking to people of faith uh, as part of this type of coverage offers people is some hope. It's doom and gloom uh, when you talk about this. And you, you do need to talk about that because there is life and death. But people also need hope. And so for people listening that do have loved ones in Southwest Florida in particular, uh, I will offer this. Uh, It was pointed out by one of the weather people that Saturday, Sunday, and Monday will be sunshine days, low 80s, and at night in the low 60s. And the reason why that's important is many power outages are expected to last for a week. And this will be the first time uh, since last winter that we go that low at night, and that will mean that people won't need their air conditioners. They'll be able to open the windows if they don't have power, and at least that will be one relief and bright thought in trying to pull out of this. Well, Bill Carey beautifully said, as a a news executive, as well as one of the hundreds of thousands of people, really millions of people, I guess, bracing on the Gulf side of Florida as this hurricane hits. Bill, we certainly wish you well. Godspeed. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Bill Carey. And yeah, the truth that uh, certainly hope is built on faith, no doubt. So we thank Bill for joining us. I want to get to what's happening locally in Philadelphia. And just for a bit of perspective, think about what's happening beginning tomorrow with the hearings that are happening, state-level hearings looking into District Attorney Larry Krasner, and this as the city deals with unprecedented historic crime in the city of Philadelphia. We're learning more about the 14-year-old boy who was gunned down, one of five teens gunned down as they carried their football gear off the football field uh, right behind Roxborough High School. So we have that moving forward. We'll cover all the developing local news, state news, national news. There's so much happening. Keep it right here on The Dawn Show. So let's take you to the latest in what's happening here in Philadelphia as we learn new information uh, about that shooting that happened just behind Roxborough High School. And I know for me personally, as a, as a football mom of teenage boys, when I, when I heard this news and I was getting texts from different parents in the football mo- parent and mom community, I'll say, you know, it's, it's upsetting. And, Obviously, it's upsetting the level of crime we have in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, Matt, I sent you a DA Larry, Larry Krasner um, was speaking out on Good Day Philadelphia, my alma mater. Do you have that? Did I send you that? Yeah, I have it. Um, I'm skimming through it now trying to, trying to grab pieces okay. of it because it's, it's a little long. It's about 15 minutes. Ultimately, um, you know, we'll, we'll as Matt, you know, edits some of that because Matt is doing double duty, obviously, because he was uh, covering the Zioli show as well. But ultimately, Krasner is pushing back and saying, essentially, you know, defending his policies and saying, it's not my fault. Don't blame me and blaming the guns. That's that's the bottom line. I don't even have to listen to all of it to know that's what he's saying. And I want you to th- just think about that as I as I talk about this 14-year-old boy. I can't even wrap my brain around it. 
finding out that your kid who just just got off the football field, there he is carrying the gear. And all of a sudden, these thugs drive by in a green SUV, two of them passengers opening fire on a group of kids. And these are kids as young as these are 14 year olds. These are ninth graders on the JV. It's a scrimmage and multiple high schools involved in a scrimmage. So sometimes that's that's the nature of a scrimmage. It's not like a football game where you just have one team versus another team. You have multiple schools joining in. And then when you think about Philadelphia and particularly a younger JV team, some kids, maybe they go to a magnet school. Maybe they go to a charter school. And that's the case here as we're learning. So these kids represent as many as four or five high schools in the city of Philadelphia, including charter and magnet schools, because their specific magnet school may not have a football team. So let's listen in now to D.A. Larry Krasner as this morning he's on the D. He's on the defense. He's defending himself after last night. And it was not a night shooting. This happened, what, four ish in the afternoon after a scrimmage. Listen in. Here's your district attorney, Philadelphia. I should point out, this is um, actually a Fox 29 news report. But, oh, it's a news uh, report. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Larry Krasner is in this. This is like a, sort of a recap of, of what, what happened and, and Krasner's perspective. Okay. Football equipment left scattered across the lot at Roxborough High School, dropped in the chaos of an afternoon mass shooting that sent players ducking for cover. At least two individuals uh, ambushed the group of students that are walking northbound on Peachum, striking uh, five students total. Evidence markers, more than 70 of them, mark the spot where a 14-year-old Roxborough player was shot in the chest. He collapsed just feet away from his locker room and died at Einstein Medical Center a short time later. Four other boys, ages 14 to 17, were also shot, two of them critically, all of them Roxborough teammates. And the biggest piece of this is that there's a 14-year-old um, that is doing what, again, students do, have uh, football games at the end of, of the day. There is one family that their, their son won't make it home today. Tonight, parents, teachers, and staff gathering at Roxborough High trying to make sense of the senseless. Police are not sure what sparked the shooting, but the ATF has been called in to help with the investigation. Try and talk to your kids, and, and, and again, um, if you know your kids are involved in something, even if you, you're not sure, you know, have a conversation about what this means. Death is final. When asked about aggressive prosecution for those who carry guns, just as the city hit 400 homicides this year, but District elsewhere. Attorney Larry Krasner touts his record. There's aggressive prosecution of people who carry guns and this in some way. Well, as you know, our success in actually getting convictions for people who are killing other people with guns, our success rate is very high. It's close to 90% by the time that we get to trial. <laughs> Listen to the tone of the district attorney of Philadelphia amid record violence, record homicides. And we know that it's over 400 homicides because. I reported that to you yesterday at this time. And so we know that I'm not sure if the 14-year-old killed right near in the shadow of his high, the shadow of the high school and the football field. I don't know if he was 401 or 402, but it's now we've exceeded 400. 
and you listen to his tone. And I feel as a mom, as a Philadelphia taxpayer and parent, I think, oh, you, you sound to me like somebody who's apathetic. I don't know that you feel my pain. And that's just it. I don't feel that this district attorney feels the heartache that we feel in Philadelphia. You see, because the DA and the mayor, Jim Kenney, see, they have round-the-clock security, even though they may say, oh, I live in the city too, but they have uh, full security, ironically, by the very officers that at one point they wanted to defund. Now, they don't say defund the police anymore because they understand that in the community that didn't go over very well and still doesn't, okay? But this DA is so self-absorbed and self-obsessed that it's infuriating, absolutely infuriating me. So let's talk about the, the 14-year-old boy killed as, as we learn more about him and, and the others wounded. And we know that there are grief counselors at at least three high schools, as well as just psychologists and, and sociologists who are at the schools for kids if they need them. Uh, 14-year-old Nicholas Elizalde. He's from Havertown, Delaware County. He was shot in the chest and pronounced dead shortly. This happened about, what, 4.20 p.m.-ish? And so he was pronounced dead just after 5 p.m. yesterday after he was rushed to Einstein Medical Center. A 17-year-old shot in the arm and the leg, as well as a 14-year-old shot in the thigh. They're listed in stable condition this morning. And I don't have, I know that at least one student, I believe, was taken to Temple uh, University Hospital. So we're waiting. There was one student who I believe has been treated and released. So police saying that the players were walking away from the scrimmage. They're just off the football field. And the scrimmage involved Roxborough High School, Northeast High School, Boys Latin Charter School. And that's when they were targeted. And so we don't know what the motive here. They're not talking about any motive. They are. In in fact, I have confirmation from investigators that they're looking at social media to see if social media maybe fueled the fire, so to speak. And that's something more common, unfortunately. But this is the um, the 14-year-old identified as a Hispanic teenager, as has been identified by police. I know that Fox 29 Steve Keeley had tweeted this out earlier, but I didn't have the confirmation from the police. And so when, when we're talking about a child, oftentimes I'm not going to release it until police do, because I know that when police release it publicly. The reason they're doing that publicly uh, for broadcasters is because that tells me they have, in fact, made sure that nobody in this child's family is going to hear about it from, you know, as they're driving in their vehicle and they're flipping around and they hear the name Nicholas and think, oh, my goodness, that's my relative, my nephew, etc. So that's why we we withhold that. And we're very careful with releasing that information, but he's identified as a ninth grader, 14-year-old Nicholas Elizalde of Haverton, Delaware County, Havertown, Delaware County, and he was going to a, a magnet school. So that's why you're seeing a lot of kids from different areas, even if they're from Delco. Why are they attending a, a, ch- a charter school? It was the the Saul uh, Charter School or Magnet School in Philadelphia, and that's 
that's what happens. So uh, there's no information as far as the motive. We don't have any suspects in custody. And that is the latest, the latest tragedy. As again, we know that these hearings take place at the Navy Yard as state lawmakers say they want to hold D.A. Larry Krasner accountable for his policies and for the lack of prosecutions, as well as the, you know, in the light of the fact that we have a rise in arrests, but we have far less prosecutions and convictions. And so they want to know why they want transparency. And so Krasner will be testifying at some point this week as those hearings continue uh, or begin tomorrow and then continue into Friday. Speaking of hearings, I had reported to you yesterday that the 9th, the 9th, January 6th hearing in D.C. would be taking place one o'clock today. That's not happening. And the January 6th committee folks who uh, stopped the hearings for the for a summer break. So the last one was what, July? And they were to resume today. So they're now saying this has been postponed. So we don't have any further information on that one. Um, I'll turn you to a lighter note, which is maybe you're thinking about driving a new vehicle. We're in the fall, beautiful, crisp, sunny weather as we move forward. Maybe you've been thinking about a new or certified vehicle. I'll ask you to turn to my friends from the Piazza Auto Group. They're always here for you with all your automotive needs. So Piazza, they've grown to now include Piazza Premium Automobiles, Land Rover, Jaguar, Porsche, Mercedes-Benz, Alfa Romeo, Maserati dealerships across Pennsylvania as well as northern Delaware. You can check them out online, piazzapremiumautos.com for a location nearest you. Those Maseratis, the SUVs are gorgeous. Piazzapremiumautos.com, P-I-A-Z-Z-A. Turn to Piazza and let them know Dawn sent you. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So in the wake of a group of high school ninth graders, mostly ninth and 10th graders, JV football game and football players fired upon one 14-year-old has died 
and police, Philadelphia police identifying him as 14-year-old Nicholas Elizalde of Havertown, Pennsylvania. In the wake of that, D.A. Larry Krasner was on Good Day Philadelphia this morning speaking out on my alma mater uh, with Mike Jarek um, this morning talking about the shooting but then and the crime, but also speaking in advance of the hearings that begin at the Philadelphia Navy Yard. And these are state-level hearings. However, it's a bipartisan committee looking into and demanding transparency um, with regard to Philadelphia DA Larry Krasner's policies, policies on crime and criminals. Now, Krasner, I've told you, has repeatedly defended his policies, but listen in to what he says. So let's get it straight. Number one, you can't impeach someone for their policies or their ideas. That has never happened in the history of the Commonwealth. It is illegal. Number two, a subpoena was issued to us that asked me to commit a crime a crime and that crime was to reveal secret grand jury notes of testimony which is exactly how kathleen kane ended her career as a prosecutor and went to jail i am a law enforcement officer i'm not going to commit a crime so when they did that i went to court about 10 or 12 days before this shenanigan which was contempt and i filed a legal action which is what you do if you if you just look at your memory bank on what's going on nationally anytime there's a subpoena challenge it goes to court but this republican-led maga effort didn't like it so what they did is they misinformed both on the facts and the law, and they went and they got this contempt finding. The whole time that was going on, my lawyers were banging on the door saying, let Krasner talk and explain they're trying to get him to commit a crime. Let him talk and explain that he's filed a 45-page brief so judges can decide this. Well, hold on a second. Let me finish. And they stopped it. They would not let me in the room to say those things. This is a MAGA effort to erase Philadelphia What documents are they looking for? They are looking for secret grand jury notes of testimony. It is a crime to provide them. They're also trying to get in the middle of the entire case file for a murder case that we are taking uh, to trial on November the 7th. They can't do that. The third thing that they wanted, they mostly already had. They wanted a bunch of policies that have been posted on our website for the entire world for a long time. They knew they were there. We told them they were there. They said they knew they were there. They wanted those, and then they wanted a few others, which we have already provided. This whole notion that we didn't respond is a lie, just like the notion that you can impeach some Somebody for his policies is a lie. Okay, so that is Larry Krasner's side of the story. And I'm always going to report all the sides uh, being reported and some good questions there. But still, uh, we're told and and, you know, this is why, because we're being told he has not been forthcoming. Number one, that he did provide some and I reported this to you immediately that Krasner indeed had supplied some files, not all of them, and certainly could have redacted files if there's sensitive information in there. But I'll also point out to you, and I'm sure you already caught it. Did you catch it? The mega. This is a mega. And go back to Darth Biden, uh, Darth Biden here in Philadelphia, the mega, the evil, the devil, and that language and that rhetoric. The problem with <laughs> that rhetoric is that he's saying this is a MAGA effort. I don't think Representative Amon Brown, <laughs> who represents uh, you know parts of Philadelphia, I don't think that plays well. I don't think that Brown in any way, shape or form identifies as a MAGA Republican. He's a Democrat. 
And he is the one who you've heard time after time speaking out about the fact that Krasner's policies have failed and that Krasner is pumping criminals back out onto our streets. They're wearing ankle bracelets. These are violent individuals, according to Representative Brown, and they're being put back onto the streets. And so there's a call in the community saying that Krasner's just out of touch. Now, did Representative Brown, was he was he somebody who initiated this state-level investigation? No, he was not for it. He did not initiate it. But once it was underway, and once they said, hey, we want to look into this, he agreed to it. And he is now on, on this panel of state, legisl- state lawmakers who will be you know, here in Philadelphia at these hearings that begin tomorrow. Of course, we'll have wall-to-wall coverage and it, on the Zioli Show, on here on the Dawn Show, and then continuing through the afternoon as Dom, Dom Giordano is all over that as well. So we also have an update for you on what's happening with a St. Joe's University student there on the main line, tied up and robbed at gunpoint. He's speaking out. But I think we need, do we need to take a quick break here? Take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Dawn Show. I'm Dawn Stensland. So you can find me on Twitter at Dawn Stensland. And if you want to sound off, do so. 855-839-1210 is the number to call. Be right back. Of course, we're following the latest that's happening with Hurricane Ian slamming the Gulf Coast of Florida and all of those efforts. We are live, we're local, so we've got it all for you nationally, internationally. And we've been talking about the latest in Philadelphia violence and crime, shooting and kids caught in the crossfire or in the most recent case, the kids were targeted. The question is, why? What's the motive? And where are these killers? That's something that you don't hear much about, do you? That the gangs, the drugs... And are we connecting the dots? Does this have to do with, for example, all the drugs and the fentanyl and everything coming over the southern border? We've heard from officials at the federal level that, yes, we have more gangs and drugs coming across the border. Gang recruitments are way up because, you know, they don't do Zoom calls when they're recruiting for gangs. It's it's one job that uh, I guess you can't say no to. So this is all happening in real time, according to authorities. You know, Mayor Jim Kenney speaking out, saying there are no words for what transpired. He was speaking and he, you know, issued a statement on Twitter last night saying there are no words for what transpired earlier tonight, talking about another young life cut short and needless violence. And he sent his deepest condolences. Mayor Jim Kenney also, you know, think about what had just happened earlier this week with Mayor Jim Kenney announcing that he was signing this executive order banning the possession of any firearms or other deadly weapons at city rec centers or playgrounds, a move that you know could reignite a longstanding debate about whether the city should be able to write its own gun laws or whether they would, I don't know, bring in the feds at any level with the crisis levels. But, you know, obviously Mayor Jim Kenney signing that executive order yesterday and then hours later to have this uh, tragedy with high school, you know, ninth graders being gunned down just as they walk off a high school football field. 
that's happening. And I'll also take you to the latest update um, at St. Joseph's University where a student who had been tied up and then robbed at gunpoint. I had told you about this when it happened. Here's the latest as this student victim survivor is speaking out. Can we go to that? Oh, we have Anthony. You know, we're switching around here because... Yeah, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. No, Anthony, I just threw that on you. So let me just explain something quickly, that as we're covering so much breaking news that's happening at the local level, the state level, the national level, I'm looking at Russia and all of these alerts telling Americans at the embassy in Russia, get out. There's this huge investigation now uh, among all of the different uh, NATO allies looking at whether or not it was sabotage on on the pipeline there by the Russians and Putin denying that. I mean, it is just unbelievable. Um, precedent setting really with all the breaking news and the hurricane everything and at the same time we have so much happening for us behind the scenes because we are going through a major transition as wpht here at odyssey world headquarters at 2400 market street as we now go through a transition because for the first time in the station's history and it's a long history as you well know we are going to be live and local from 6 a.m to 7 p.m So our alterations, you know, happening in a very, you know, in an interior way, as now Anthony Dorenzio takes over as executive producer for me, which I'm thrilled that our local guy, Westchester University, grew up here, born in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So I guess we can call you the the savior because you're born in Bethlehem. (laughs) I was teasing. But today's your 27th birthday. Yes. Happy uh, birthday, Anthony. Old man now. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So Anthony, who's been in the Odyssey family, you remember him when Anthony worked as an associate producer. And I think you started out as an intern maybe and here at WPHT, even before this location. But our own Matt DeSantis is now headed to the afternoons with Rich Zioli as Zioli will head to the afternoon. So all of this is happening, a lot of moving parts. But let's take you to, we want to, and, and that's just it. It's not about us. It's not about who's reporting at which time. The most important thing that's happening here is that we're live and local from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., which is awesome because there's so much information and we need less media bias And we need more reporting, just giving you what's happening. So that's why you hear me, you know, and all of us giving you a diversity of news reports. So this one comes from 6ABC News. They're interviewing this student who survived this, you know, terrifying attack, robbed at gunpoint, speaking out. And he's a St. Joseph's University student. Listen in shaking. My heart was pounding the entire time. 20-year-old Michael Graber knows what his neighbor is going through. A nearly identical thing happened to him on July 19th when he was woken up in the middle of the night. It's two in the morning. I was knocked out, fully asleep. Woke up to looking down the hallway and I'm seeing figures looking in my roommate's room with a flashlight. I'm just like, is this like a nightmare or a dream or something? He says three suspects around his age smashed his window and broke in through his basement door. They tied him up and took his laptop, phone, and wallet. One of the really weird things also, like my toilet paper, my Q-tips, 
took my razor. As 19th District Police investigate his case, they now have a similar home invasion on their hands at this apartment building this morning on the 2300 block of North 58th Street. St. Joseph's University isn't the only college dealing with these types of crimes either. Last week, a Temple student was robbed at gunpoint on the 1500 block of North Sydenham Street. Residential burglaries are on the rise this year with nearly 3,000 being reported as of Monday. I got this house because it was so close to campus. I figured it's got to be pretty safe. Michael says he hasn't felt safe in his own home since his robbery. Now his neighbors don't either. We thought that like our complex was kind of secure since we have like a gate and a code and everything. Definitely if it just keeps happening too, like these are not, this shouldn't be normal. Like if it's, it's repeated. Yeah, so this one under investigation again. Moving forward, I'll update you on the latest on the carjacking victim, a 65-year-old man who was brutally beaten and what Philadelphia police are saying is they've caught two of those suspects. And as well, we have um, Donald J. Trump, former President Trump, stumping for Doug Mastriano, who's a state senator as well and wants to be your next governor of Pennsylvania on the Republican side, running against Attorney General Josh Shapiro. But we'll tell you about the um, the bus tour in northern Pennsylvania right now of Mastriano, but also what happened last night as President, former President Donald Trump was stumping for Mastriano. So it was about a 15-minute call. If you haven't heard about it, we'll play part of that as well. There's so much happening, again, in the statewide race. It's just keep in mind. All of this with the where the media focus is, every time you see a media story, whether it's on social media, whether it's on your computer at work, whether you're, you're, you're listening um, on audio or whether you see it on a TV screen in your house or somewhere, it's all about the upcoming election as we count down to a, a, what a month and 10 days, a month and 11 days, tick tock. It's all about the midterms and career politicians trying to save their keisters, that's what it's all about. So keep your eye on the ball, as I know you do. But let me talk about the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. It's everything you want in a digital casino and sportsbook. Join Bet Parks, P-A-R-X, with me now. It is the only casino and sportsbook app, as you know, that I recommend. I love parks. I mean, I we love our comedy nights at parks. They're local, local employer. They're in Bucks County. And, you know, whether it's college football or pro football, uh, you can bet the birds every week. Every week. Obviously, we're taking on uh, Peterson's um, Jaguars this weekend. That's a big one. Bet Penn State, Notre Dame, Georgia, all your favorite college teams. Live in-game betting. You can bet on the action as it's happening. Just download it in the App Store, Google Play Store, or betparks.com. New users, you make your first bet risk-free. Up to $750, your risk-free bet, then refunded in site credit. And you can bet on more than the score. Bet player performances. You know that's my thing, betting on those individual player performances, like who scores the most touchdowns, rushes, rushing yards, all that. Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app, where odd slots, bets, and games, they all come together right in your own pocket. You must be 21 in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, please. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. 
Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.